At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story by the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Welcome into Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you, taking you through the next hour of golf betting conversation. And uh, Wes, I think it's really just starting to sink in for many of us, I believe, how remarkable last week in Kiowa Island, South Carolina was. Phil Mickelson captures the sixth major championship of his career, and he does so just a few weeks shy of 51 years old. He becomes the oldest player to win a golf major ever. And he does it on one of the most difficult golf courses in the entire world. He does it on the longest golf course in major championship history. And he does it against what is considered the strongest field in any golf tournament. It is really something to make note of here. It was a historical event, an event in really all of sports. It is quite remarkable, and when you look at the fact that Phil Mickelson, the oldest major winner in history, 50 years, 11 months, and 7 days, going to be 51 when he tees it up at Torrey Pines at the U.S. Open. I think his birthday is right around there in mid-June. But remarkable in the fact that, obviously, of his age, the fact that he wasn't in the best of form, the fact that this was the longest course in major championship history. But as the weekend came, I remember I made a tweet on Friday night and said, you know what? In hindsight, maybe it isn't surprising that he's at least playing solid here because you had a course with very wide fairways where even if you missed, you didn't really get in too much of a trouble. And then, of course, Phil went vintage Phil the thrill with the scrambling, with the makes out of the bunkers and that flop shot he hit on 18 to close his Saturday round to have the lead after 54 holes. 
and he was first in the uh, first in the field in strokes gained tee to green, fifth in approach, was very solid off the tee. Didn't missed his fair share of fairways, but especially really, over the weekend. But really never got in all that much trouble because other guys were missing fairways. But when when you look at what he did, and I mentioned that tweet, and then I saw when we were doing our after the cut long shots podcast on Friday at vsin.com, it was kind of like. He's 12 to 1. When do you ever get a leader at 12 to 1? And then I made that tweet about how, you know, this is kind of a good layout for him. It's almost like a bit of an open championship type of layout. Of course, I didn't have the foresight to go ahead and get involved in on him in play at 12 to 1. But if you look at that leaderboard outside of Kepka, who has not won the open championship as of yet, Louis Oosthuizen, Shane Lowry, Patrick Harrington, all open championship winners, all guys that have their own Clara Jug, just like Phil Mickelson. So it kind of did play a little bit linksy in here at Kiwa Island, and Phil gets his sixth ever major. And now I think, he, in terms of his state of the game, he was already top 10, but I think he's probably, you know, seventh best player of all time. I would rank maybe about only six guys ahead of him, but what a remarkable achievement. And then to go man up with one of the young guns of the game and Brooks Kepka and absolutely outplay to him and kind of put the boots to him a little bit. So Phil Mickelson, your two shot winner of the PGA championship. And then I mentioned a couple of the guys down the board, Patty Harrington and Harry Higgs in the top four get master's invitations next year. So uh, icing on the cake for Patty Harrington here in a Ryder Cup year where he will be the captain at Whistling Straits. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think when this marinates a little bit, we're going to look back on this and compare it to Jack in 86. It, it was that type of victory that I think young children that were watching this probably on Sunday are going to look back and say, yeah, I remember when Phil did that at nearly 51 years old. It's the fifth runner-up finish for Louis Oosthuizen. And you mentioned Harrington and Higgs getting the automatic match. Masters bid finishing inside the top five. A tough go for Ricky Fowler, who didn't make a bogey all day on Sunday and then made one at the 18th hole. It drops him from fourth place to eighth place for the championship, and that takes him out of that automatic bid for Augusta. So he's still going to have to find his way down Magnolia Lane next year. Does get him into the PGA because it's the top 15, so he's not going to have to be given a special spot by the PGA of America next year. So it was good to see Ricky Fowler play it was. some decent golf. Very game. good. On a special invite, too, and he absolutely made the most of it. Uh, the Long Shots crew had a few guys in the hunt. Bryson DeChambeau, Keegan Bradley, Shane Lowry, Abraham Anser, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm. Cashed a few top 10s and a few top 20s, but nobody could catch Phil Mickelson, and he never really came back to the pack. So, congrats again to Mr. Mickelson. This is Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you, finishing up a look back at the PGA Championship. And now we take a look ahead to this week, and it's time to bring in our guest. It is the member guest segment, and joining us this week to preview the Charles Schwab Challenge in Fort Worth, Texas, we welcome some local flavor to the program, Texas's own Paul Stone. He's a frequent contributor here on the network, and you can follow him on Twitter at Paul Stone Sports. Paul, good afternoon to you, my friend. Thank you for joining us, and uh, you're only about two, year, uh, two hours away from Colonial Country Club there in Fort Worth. It's a historical, classic golf course. It's been around for many years years. Tell us about your experience.
experience, your insight to this golf course? What makes it unique versus other courses we regularly see on tour? And in your mind and your handicap, what are the most important skill sets determining success this week, Paul? Yeah, well, great to be with you guys. I've actually been at Colonial Country Club uh, a few times and uh, actually caddied there for a, a friend of mine in U.S. amateur qualifying many years ago, a 36-hole uh, qualifying event. So I uh, have some familiarity with Colonial Country Club. You know, it used to be back in the day, Colonial was one of the longest uh, courses on the tour, uh, but that's certainly not the case anymore. You know, it's going to play at 7,200 yards or slightly less this week. Something pretty unique about this golf course, it has small greens. So the small greens tend to give, you know, average putters a chance here. And also the fact that it's not like, you know, the aforementioned uh, ocean course that you guys were talking about at Kiowa last week, where you're talking about a course with 7,800 yards. This course is more manageable. You know, it gives a wide array of players, you know, a chance to win. Uh, in my mind, more a test of skill than just, you know, tee it up and, you know, let her rip top golf. You look at some of the past champions here, Zach Johnson won in 2010 and 2012, Kevin Kisner in 2017, Kevin Nye a couple of years ago in 2019. All these guys currently averaging less than 290 yards uh, off the tee in PGA Tour events this year. So more of a, a shot maker's course puts a premium on not only finding the fairway with your tee shot, but finding the correct side of the fairway. Uh, so you're, you know, you have the uh, approach from the proper angle, so to speak. Uh, it's a beautiful golf course. It's nestled among nice neighborhoods in the center of Fort Worth. Uh, to me, this, this tournament family is known as Colonial or the National Invitation, but we have to respect the sponsors, but they put up a lot of money. So it's the Charles Schwab. Uh, tournament and, and really looking forward to it. The longest running non-major tournament uh, to be held at the same venue. So this course gives a lot of guys a chance to win this week who might normally in some of these longer courses where they're kind of distant, you know, out of, of having a shot to win gives them equal opportunity. So it's really an interesting tournament in my mind. And Paul, a lot of local flavor in the field this week, of course, with uh, Ryan Palmer being a member here, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth has obviously won here in the past. You have uh, a lot of guys that live in Texas, Dylan Fratelli, a former Longhorn, Doug Gim. So you have a lot of Texas guys in the field, much like you're always going to have in these Texas events. Do you really lean on that or do you kind of dodge those guys? Because oftentimes what you see when it's kind of a hometown event, there's a lot of pressure on these guys. They want to show out. You're actually going to have spectators this year at Colonial, unlike last year when it was the first start on the PGA Tour after the lockdown. So a lot more people in the gallery there, a lot more pressure for these guys, I think, going forward. Well, the locals you, you mentioned there, Wes, one of the guys I'm going to look to, to maybe not say, but I'm probably not going to play, is the member uh, there at Colonial, Ryan Palmer. He's a guy who grew up in West Texas and Abilene, where the wind can blow a little bit, uh, played later collegiately at Texas A&M, but he's had a mixed bag of results at Colonial. Uh, he's he's had four top tens, I think, in 18 appearances at Colonial, but he's missed the cut there three of the last six years. So I'm a little bit concerned about that. I tend to play more matchups than anything, so I'll probably steer away from Mr. Palmer. And even though his eyes are really short, Jordan Speed. Uh, I think he's at 12 to one at Circa, and you, maybe you can find that number depending on where you're shopping to win the tournament this week. Typically, again, a little bit too short for my taste. 
but he's come up aces as a colonial. I mean, this is a guy who won the event back in 2016. He's had a pair of tied for seconds here. And even last year, he was still struggling with his game, uh, still kind of out in the wilderness. And even his tied for champ, uh, just four shots behind Daniel Berger and Colin Morikawa, who uh, battled in the playoff there. Uh, Spice already won once this calendar year in Texas, winning the Valero Texas Open a couple of months ago. And I can see him winning uh, again this week. So I actually have a ticket on speed at 12 to 1 outright to win Colonial this week. All right, very good. Paul, what about his buddy Justin Thomas? He's also at the top of the board at 12 to 1 odds to win this thing. And he's really been in sort of a funk ever since he won the Players' Championship. He came apart over the weekend at Augusta. He missed the cut last week in Kiowa. Is this a place where JT can get right? Yeah, I mean, you know, you can't, you can't ever count out Justin Thomas. I mean, he can jump up and wear, you know, win uh, rather anywhere. Uh, and he tied for 10th here last year with speed. But I'm not going to be aboard uh, the JT train, so to speak, this week. You know, he's a guy that you know you're going to pay a premium anytime you play him, uh, even though he's not playing well, as you highlighted there. He's still at 12-1. to 1. Um, You know, I'd be more happy to fade him probably than to play him, uh, but I'll probably just not be involved either way. But a guy like Justin Thomas um, is good of a player as he is, one of the very tops in the entire world. He could jump up there and get you, but I won't be playing JT this week. Paul, I think as fans, even if we didn't have him in pocket, we all kind of enjoyed what we saw out of Phil Mickelson for the over 50 circuit, being the oldest ever player to win a major on the PGA Tour. And he's in the field this week in the Charles Schwab. Not going to go play that senior PGA at Southern Hills, just up the road in Tulsa. And the price got cut in about the 50, 55 to 1 range in terms of the outright. But are you going to treat this like I think a lot of the baseball market has been treating the fade off the no hitter because it seems like we have a no hitter at least about three or four times a week now at least in 2021 would you be auto fading Mickelson this week or is he just kind of a stay away and leave alone and not really sure what you're going to get out of him well you know first of all I admire him for honoring his commitment because I really felt like after he won the, the PGA championship this past weekend that there was a at least a fairly good chance that he would pull out with just all the obligations and just being able to exhale so uh, you know Bravo to him for showing up and playing. Um, you know, some people were asking me uh, last weekend uh, when it was clear that he was going to contend, did I have a ticket on him or did I look at him strongly at 250 to one pre-tournament? And, and entering the PGA, yeah, you know, I believe he had missed six of his last 13 cuts, uh, five of the seven cuts he made. He finished tied for 35th or worse, so he really hadn't been playing well. He is a guy that's won a couple of times at Colonial in the past, so he's had success here. But I tend to take a contrarian approach, like you were mentioning, in these type of situations. You know, I think a lot of people will be looking to play Phil, you know, this week. So I think the value is to look the other way. Uh, as I like to say, when the public bobs, I often weave. And when they zig, I like to zag. So I'm going to be looking at some matchups probably. And I'll be at least somewhat predisposed to, to be looking to, uh, to fade Mickelson this week on the heels of that uh, beautiful uh, PGA Championship victory. 
Well, Paul, as, as you're weaving and zagging in your handicap, uh, do you look at other golf courses as far as correlated uh, results and whatnot? You know, you look at uh, Riviera and how you get a lot of the similar results at Augusta National. Anything here with Colonial Country Club where you looked at some other courses that these guys regularly play on tour? And what if so, if you do incorporate that into your handicap, what were those other courses that you took a look at? You know, I realize a lot of talented golf handicappers use correlated courses as one of the metrics uh, that they use for handicapping a tournament. I don't specifically do that, but I do tend to look at certain golfers uh, whose skill set, you know, matches more closely to a particular golf course. So maybe that's kind of a way of of using correlated uh, metrics. But, you know, I mentioned before uh, guys like Kevin Nine, Zach Johnson, and, and Kevin Kisner last week in the PGA three guys, again, who all averaged 289 yards or less off the tee this year, they all missed the cut. They all shot up to 36 holes, 152 or worse. They were simply overmatched, you know, at the ocean course. It was just too much golf course for those guys. But this week's different. Uh, you know, these guys can contend this week. And, and again, as mentioned before, uh, Colin Morikawa, he averages a shade under 295 off the tee. You know, it was no, you know, no mistake that he, uh, uh, lost to uh, Daniel Berger in the playoffs last year. So I tend to look at guys who are not necessarily long to, you know, certain golf courses. I mean, guys like uh, Kevin Knight, he's a guy who's a great example, and I keep referring to him. But certain golf courses, he really doesn't have a chance to win. But this is the type of golf course that a guy like Knight can win. So I tend to look at guys whose skill set uh, more closely uh, matches the particular golf course. Paul, you mentioned you've got a ticket on Jordan Spieth, and I can't really argue against you considering he's only finished out of the top 10 twice in six appearances here, two runner-ups, and then the win in 2016. Who else do you have on the outright market besides Mr. Spieth? Well, I'll tell you, our mutual friend uh, between the three of us, uh, Matt Humans, is not going to be pleased with me, but Patrick Reed. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy, he hasn't played here too much the last few years. He did five for seven uh, last year at 13 under par. But this course just screams to me, Patrick Reed, small greens, so it's going to put a premium on the short game. And I don't know of a player who is more of a magician around the greens than Patrick Reed. So that's going to really, uh, you know, put his uh, short game, his tipping ability out front and center. And uh, it minimizes a little bit, uh, you know, the need to be a great putter. So I think that plays in his alley as well. Uh, and it's a little bit shorter golf course. You know, Patrick Reed's not a long guy off the tee. So I think he's currently 23 to 1 at Circa. And I just love Patrick Reed this week. A guy at 52 to 1 uh, that I saw offshore, 52 to 1, who really uh, his skill set matches up well with Colonial, Chris Kirk, playing real well right now, won this tournament in 2015. He has five other top 16s in the last 10 years in this tournament. So Chris Kirk, I think, is worth a shot. Ryan Harmon, he's a guy who's been good at Colonial as well, currently playing uh, quite well. Uh, he's a 27-1. to 1. Then a couple of long shots. Uh, first of all, Roy Sabatini, mm-hmm. 150-1 to 1 at Circa. The last couple of years at Colonial, tied for 14th last year, tied for 6th in 2019. I think he's worth a shot at 150-1. to 1. And then I took just a little pizza money, and I do mean pizza money, at 250 to 1 on uh, Camillo Viegas. So those are some uh, shots to win the tournament outright that, uh, that I'll throw out there. 
All right. Very good, Paul. Anybody that you're firmly going against this week uh, in head-to-head matchups or otherwise, anybody that you think might have a struggle this week at Colonial? You know, a guy who, uh, you know, I kind of tend to look down the board. You know, you look at some, you know, obviously they try to match them up against uh, players of, of similar talent or playing at about the same level. So I kind of look down the list a little bit. And one guy who's not played well, uh, at, at Colonial, for whatever reason, is Cameron Tungali. So I'm going to be looking probably to face uh, Cameron Tungali, and for the same reason, a guy who just, you talk about pop up out of nowhere, a guy who really plays well on some courses, doesn't play well on others. He's missed the cut here for the last five years. The one time he did make the cut, uh, he tied for 66. I think uh, in uh, you know, his homeland, he's known as Kim Siwoo, but we, uh, refer to him as Siwoo Kim. So Siwoo Kim's another guy in addition to uh, to uh, um, Mr. Kringali that I'm going to look to fade this week. All right, Paul, I'm going to let you go here. But before I do, I want to ask you one question. We've got the U.S. Open coming up in just about three weeks at Torrey Pines in La Jolla, California. Anybody that you saw at the PGA Championship that really kind of led you to think about making a play for the next major on the calendar or anybody that you have in pocket already? You know, I don't have anybody in pocket, and I'm I'm about to, as soon as this one's over this weekend, I'm going to really start looking uh, not only at, uh, you know, course history at uh, at Torrey Pines, but obviously the USGA is going to put their stamp of approval on Torrey Pines, so I'm going to be looking closely at U.S. Open performance. But a local guy there who grew up in La Jolla, uh, went to San Diego State, and he's really, you know, U.S. Opens are kind of his thing, you know, is Andrew Shoffley. So I'm going to look very closely at Mr. Shoffley. And then John Irwin, you know, he's been kind of by his standard, has not been playing that well, uh, but he has a rich history at Torrey Pines. And he's another guy that I'll kind of take a look at and see if I can find any uh, angles to play him on. So those are two guys, at least initially, that I'm going to be focusing on and taking a look at uh, in next month's U.S. Open. All right, my friend. Very good. Thank you very much. And you enjoy the Charles Schwab Challenge, Paul. We'll talk to you down the road. Looking forward to it, guys. And good luck to everybody. And thanks for having me on. All Thanks, right. Paul. That is Paul Stone, of course, a frequent contributor here on the VSIN network. And uh, Paul always claims, you know, Paul is a great handicapper. Mm-hmm. He's won contests before and this and that and the other. He always claims, and not a lot of people know this, but his best two specialties as far as handicapping are college football. And golf. And he broke that tournament down with relative aplomb in the midst of betting <laughs> these openers here on the college games of the year at the South Point Hotel and Casino, where we are here at Visa and Mission Control. Those were released last week. So, uh, Paul Stone, a man for all seasons, Brady. Yeah. So, uh, Jordan Spieth, he landed on Brian Harmon, Chris Kirk, and then a couple of longer shots with uh, Rory Sabatini and Camilo Bajegas. And then talking about fading Ryan Palmer, the local guy who is the member there at Colonial, which uh, I think is true for a lot of people. You see like Webb Simpson, a member at Quail Hollow, uh, Palmer, of course, a member at Colonial, Jason Day, a member at Mirfield Village. You'll often see that out of handicappers fading that guy that happens to be a member at that club. And then taking a look at Xander Shoffley and John Rahm as early looks for a couple of guys well, to win the U.S. Open. he sheet with John Rahm on the U.S. Open, so he's at least got that right for me. He played right into your wheelhouse there, didn't he? All right, coming up, It's Across the Pond. We take a look at the European Tour event this week with Wes Reynolds right here on Long Shots. 
at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome back to Long Shots here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. It is time now for Across the Pond. Wes Reynolds is going to take a look at the European Tour event this week. We go to Denmark for the Himmerland. And Wes, many of the Europeans we saw at Kiowa last week for the PGA Championship are in the field here in Denmark. Where are you headed with this one, my man? Yeah, we have nine players that played in the PGA last weekend that are going to make the trip back across to Europe here at the Maiden Himmerland, formerly known as the Maiden Denmark. Those nine players, Aaron Rye, Andy Sullivan, Bernd Wiesberger, Brandon Stone, Jason Scribner, Kurt Kitayama, Rasmus Hoygaard, Robert McIntyre, and Thomas Detry. Scribner was the best of the bunch of that nine with the tie for 23rd last week. McIntyre and Hoygaard also made the cut last week, but I'm going to dodge those guys a little bit I think that that's that's tough to go across the cut across the pond uh, the name of the segment here and be able to rebound after you played a major championship so I went a couple other ways here I did do what I normally don't do in taking a hometown guy in the event but one of my choices this week going to be Chorborn Olison mm. from Denmark 28 to 1 spotty record on this course but he's got two seventh place finishes sandwiching a couple missed cuts here so when that Olison at 28 to one. Another Dane I went with was actually the other Hogard, Nikolai Hogard, who's actually been playing better than his twin brother Rasmus, who's the higher ranked of the two at 70 to one. Ryan Fox, 40 to one, last played a European tour event in January. He's actually been playing at his home of New Zealand. 
on what is known as the Jenny and Holmes Charles Tour, named after legendary Kiwi Bob Charles. Yes. Former uh, master, uh, former uh, major champion. Left-hander, right? Yes. And one, I think wanted to stay close to his newborn that was born in December. Got back-to-back wins on this lower tour, the Charles Tour, against lower competition. But something to be said for coming in with confidence, a winning frame of mind. Guido Migliazzi, 42-1. to He's got two runner-up finishes on the tour this year in Qatar and at the British Masters a couple weeks ago. Minwoo Lee, 66-1. to You might know that name because his sister Minji Lee is on the LPGA Tour. He's from Perth, Australia. Plenty of experience playing on coastal, breezy conditions. Their wind is expected to blow a little bit in Denmark this week. So hasn't played a lot of golf in 2021, but top 30 in his last two starts against better fields than this one at the WGC Workday. He came over here, was in the top 30, also at the British Masters a couple weeks ago. So I think it's just getting reps. This could be a, a one where he gets there at a big price. And then Nicholas Lemke, a Swedish player, 100 to 1, one of the biggest hitters on the European Tour in terms of distance. Seventh in driving distance. T to green game has been really good this year. Fifth on the European Tour for strokes gained around the green. And when you look at this event, even if the wind blows, you're probably going to get like mid-teens as the winner. That's kind of been the average over the years here at Himmerlin. So that's what I expect. Uh, slower bent, slower and smaller bent grass greens. So they're a lot more pure, tailor-made for some of the better putters. So let's see if we can get one home in Europe. You know, it's been a long time since we've heard the name Thorbjorn Olesen, and this guy was really coming on the scene. I want to say it was about two or three years ago, maybe at Carnoustie, when Francesco Molinari won that British Open. Uh, you know, this guy was ascending up the world rankings and looked like he was going to be a force to be reckoned with. So good to see him back on your card there. I'm pr- I'm surprised a little bit not to see you went with a, or did not go with a guy that you've gone with a lot of times in the past, and that is Laurie Cantor. Yeah, he has not been in, really gone off the boil here a little bit because he didn't play for several weeks. And I thought, okay, just needed a tournament or two and and didn't really get it done. Now, that that's kind of what happens in the European Tour. This is where he'll go ahead and probably win when I'm not on him. <laughs> but uh, final minute here of the segment, though, Brady, I do want to squeeze in another event. We do have a major championship right. this week. That is the senior the old PGA. Guys. Yes, the senior PGA championship at Southern Hills in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know that they've held the PGA there. They held the U.S. Open there 20 years ago, Retief Goosen. Well, interesting. Maybe take a look at this this weekend, too, because the the young guys, the PGA Tour, will be at Southern Hills yes. next year for the PGA. Yeah, so I'll be very interested to see how this sets up. It's a par 70, 6902 this week. Very much kind of a, a classical course. I went with four guys here. I went with Jim Furyk, 17 to 2. Yeah. Been splitting the time on both tours this year, but maybe seeing Mickelson win might give him a little motivation a few weeks ahead of turning 51 the the wildcat gonna get the sun devil yes Uh, robert carlson 16 to 1 three top tens his last four starts leading uh scrambler on tour and also third and putting ernie ells the big easy 18 to 1 second on tour for driving distance second gir eighth and putting and then tim petrovic 35 to 1 four finishes of seventh or better his last six starts number one putter on pga tour champions there's a blast from the past huh tim petrovic yeah, Furyk, I think, might have been here in the last PGA Championship. I believe that Tiger won yes. years ago. Yeah, he was third. And yeah, fared pretty well. Okay, I like that selection. We'll come back and we'll get into major implications right here on Long Shots.
The next major championship on the calendar takes place in just 23 days. It'll be the United States Open at beautiful Torrey Pines Golf Course in La Jolla, California, right outside San Diego. And, Wes, I want to discuss maybe some of the players that are on your radar at this point. Anybody, and I asked Paul Stone the same question, you know, I was watching that PGA with a lot of excitement and intrigue, but I was also kind of thinking, all right, who looks good for maybe this next golf course on the calendar, that being Torrey Pines? And, you know, when I looked at the PGA Championship, one of the skill sets I like to look at for that particular major is total driving. And that is a combination, of course, of accuracy and distance. And I think that is a big stat to look at at Torrey Pines. Anybody that uh, is uh, either in pocket or in your mind right now as we uh, head towards the third major of the season. Nobody in pocket, but one guy I was going to take another stab with, and he is now basically the tournament favorite across all markets, even though he didn't really play that great, but somehow he didn't play that great and got in the top 10 like he seemingly is doing habitually is John Rahm. And John Rahm, of course, and we were talking about this over the weekend, Brady, go back to Torrey Pines this year in terms of the Farmers Insurance Open. Now, the scoring is going to be much higher in terms sure. of what we saw. We're not going to see, I think, 14 under. And they don't play he... the North Course either. No, they do not. It is going to be the South Course, which is the much more difficult of the two. And... Look, when you look at the guys that were on the leaderboard, I think you're going to see a few similar ones. Maybe not all of them, but John Rahm was T7 in that event earlier this year. You look at some other big names, one that Paul Stone mentioned, Xander Schauffele, who never really played well here before. Yeah, no, he despite, got home-gamed here for years. Despite the fact that he was a local, he was in that big tie for second. The guys that were tied for second earlier this year were Tony Finau, mm -hmm. Victor Hovland. Tony Finau also got another top 10 at a major, did kind of backdoor his way in over the weekend. Victor Hovland fell down the board. He played very well the first two days at the PGA, kind of fell down the board, but we know he's got some major championship medal. The other guys that were tied for second, though, just to give him a mention, Henrik Norlander and Ryan Palmer, along with Xander Schauffele, but you look at some of the other guys, Will Zalatoris, he is, uh, was tied for seventh along with John Rahm, so just looking at guys that have played this course very well here before, this is a long course. We know guys like Mark Leach Mm -hmm. have won here mm -hmm. at, at Torrey Pines. So he's certainly a guy I think probably that you'll get down the board. These guys that play well off the course uh, or off the coast rather. So I haven't put anybody yet in pocket. By the way, some of these prices are still going to be changing because they are doing qualifying now uh, for the U.S. Open. I believe they just had one on May 24th yesterday in Dallas. I haven't looked to see who got those spots, but a few more qualifying dates for this U.S. Open field on June 7th, and that's usually the typical day after the memorial. Mm -hmm. You know how they always play Columbus, although this year it's going to be Springfield, Ohio, because there's always those PGA Tour qualifiers that aren't in the U.S. Open field where you got some guys that have to qualify to get in. It's usually that week when it used to be Memorial Jack's tournament and then Memphis would be the next right. week for the FedEx St. Jude. Of course, that is now a WGC event in late July, but you're going to see some qualifiers in Columbus, in Springfield, down in Atlanta, at the Bears Club, at Jupiter. 
Rolling Hills and Rolling Hills, California. So still some guys still to qualify for this. So keep in mind if some of the prices on the board, make sure your guy is qualified for the field at this standpoint. There will be 156 players in the field in all, of course, some amateurs. And you see the graphic uh, that just flashed up there about total driving uh, as far as leading the PGA Tour. And that was for the field this week at the Charles Schwab. Mm -hmm. Uh, It does not include everybody on the tour, but Scotty Scheffler there, number one in the field this week at the Schwab, also number one in total driving on the PGA Tour. He's actually missed the cut twice in his attempts at the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines, but John Rahm right behind him at number two on tour in total driving, and he's absolutely on my short list as well. I shopped around for some prices on him yesterday and wasn't able to find anything that I fell in love with. Because he always backdoors that top 10 and he never freaking drifts. It's like, come on, give us like a 16 or an 18 to 1 on this guy, but they never come uh, to your point. I think he's hard not to play here, though. He is. He's won here before. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, when we look at total driving, and I do have it in front of me in terms of the entire season, Scheffler, number one, Rom, two, Keegan Bradley, Mm -hmm. Sunjay M, Paul Casey, Jason Kokrak, James Hahn, Colin Marikawa, Corey Connors, Dustin Johnson, your top 10 on tour in total driving. And Johnson doesn't have great history here at Torrey Pines, too, which is interesting because he's fantastic. Because he's won so many other places in California, regular winner at Pebble Beach at Riviera. Uh, so, yeah, it's a little bit surprising. You didn't really see, I think, a ton of adjustments at the top of the board in terms of guys that, that can win for U.S. Open prices. Now, Brooks Kepka is obviously yes, cut he moved. down. He moved. He's the only one that did, really, I think, at the top. Rom, McElroy, DJ, Justin Thomas, DeChambeau, Spieth. Shoffley, kind of all at those same prices, but Brooks Kepka now, I'm looking at the global markets, 14, 16 to 1, what you're seeing. The days of the 50 to 1s and the mm. 40 to 1s on Kepka are clearly over. And then you get to the guys in the 20s, Marikawa, Victor Hovland, then on down to the 30s, Tony Finau, Matsuyama. So by and large, the pricing pretty much stayed the same except for Kepka. Out of anybody in the field, the guy with the best record here at Torrey Pines is probably to- uh, Tony Finau. He is an mm-hmm. absolute top 10, top five machine at this golf course. Yeah, he certainly is. And uh, when you What'd look you say at, he was 30 to one ish. Yeah. Looking here at the Westgate, where's Tony Finau? He is at 20 to one at the Westgate. So 30 would be a nice price. Yeah. Cause I was looking at the global exchanges and kind of seeing where these guys were. And if you're looking for previous winners at Torrey Pines, of course, this year, Patrick Reed did win by yes. five strokes over that horde of players that finished tied for second place. Mark Leishman beat John Rahm by one shot here in 2020. Rahm did get the win in 2017 but some of the older veterans that have won here Justin Rose Jason Snedeker Jason Day has won twice here now his game's a little bit out of sorts but maybe this is a place where he can get right he loves this course he's won here twice and was the runner-up back in 2014 Brant Snedeker is a very good mention and uh, more to come on Mr. Snedeker in the final segment of the program all right before we get out of here I do have one play in pocket for the U.S. Open and I went back to the well with Shane Lowry 
Rory had hit him at 150 to one to win the PGA Championship. He did finish fourth. He played really good golf there, Wes. He could never find that round where he went really low, but he was steady Eddie the whole way through. I love the way this guy plays coastal golf, plays really well at Pebble Beach. Obviously a former British Open winner. He can play in the wind. We'll see if it picks up in La Jolla in a few weeks for the U.S. Open, but uh, took Shane Lowry at 80-1. to 1. I could certainly see it, and he did a, played very well on the weekend here at the PGA, getting a tie for fourth. All right, we wrap up the Long Shots program for the week with the match play segment. We'll go over all the plays between Matt Eumanns, Wes Reynolds, and myself when we come back on the other side, right here on VSIN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome back to Long Shots here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. Time for the match play segment where we go over all of our plays for this week's event. And, of course, that is the Colonial. I still like to call it, Wes. You know you and I, a couple of old folks, old-fashioned mm-hmm. guys, the L.A. Open, the Colonial, the Bob Hope. Well, they, now they call it the Charles Schwab Classic. Even Paul Stone was alluding to that, that he likes the old name. But uh, let's first get to our colleague Matt Eumanns' plays, and he's got a few outrights here. He went back to the well with Abraham Answer. I believe he was on answer for the PGA Championship. He's got answer there at 18 to 1. Scotty Scheffler, a little local flavor here. Scheffler still looking for his first win on tour. Of course, a young gun. Certainly not uh, any disappointment there. It's not like it's been years that this guy has gone without a win, but uh, you kind of expect him to do it any week now. One of the top players absolutely in the world is Scotty Scheffler. And then Justin Rose, an interesting choice there. Showed some 
Flair at the PGA Championship. And Justin Rose, of course, a former win here, winner here at Colonial. And then a little further down the board to a UNLV running rebel who's been in fantastic form as of late. Charlie Hoffman at 40 to 1. And another guy that had a good PGA or a PGA championship as well, Jason Kokrak, 62 to 1. And then one head-to-head matchup for Matt. Colin Morikawa over Berger and an interesting matchup that the odds makers have created there. The two combatants in the playoff last year in the restart. Answer, by the way, does have three straight top 10 finishes, including a T8 last week. So he has kind of been the guy that's been knocking on the door. And and if you like recent form and you believe in that angle, he would certainly be your guy. And then Charlie Hoffman, last time in Texas, member in San Antonio, mm-hmm. he was second. He was kind of in that scramble at the end with Jordan Spieth and Matt Wallace. And it was Spieth that ended up on top. Charlie Hoffman finished second. So some very logical plays there for Matt. And we'll get to yours in just a moment, but uh, I know Abraham answer comes from Mexico, but doesn't he live in Texas too? He does. He has dual citizenship out now here in the United States. And ironically enough, the fact that he's right around the top 20 in the world has never won yet on the PGA Tour. He's won internationally, I believe, won in Australia and a couple other events, but still seeking that first PGA Tour win. But I looked at him on the stats, and he was one I I definitely considered very strongly. Fourth in terms of greens and regulation gained, and when I take some of these numbers, these are over the last 24 rounds. He was also on something I thought was kind of important this week with seven of the 12 par fours at Colonial measured between 400 and 450 yards. Abraham answer was fourth on that list. And as you'll see, when you get to my plays, I have a couple that are also on that list that I use this week. Well, you know, to your point there, I used Abraham answer and you talk about the par fours. This is also a golf course where you have to work the ball in both directions around those par fours, a lot of dog legs here. And you'll find very similar setup at RB at Harbor town where they hold the RBC heritage. And of course, Abraham answer has a second place finish Mm -hmm. there last year. Uh, So I, ended up di- uh, going with Abraham answer was able to get him at circa at 22 to one, but let's go ahead and uh, run down the board there with your place. West. And you brought up the dog legs. One important point here. We are going to have grandstands on mm-hmm. the grounds at Colonial. Remember last year, we did not have that, so some of the more longer hitters or bombers in the field were able to cut those dog legs. They might not be able to do that this year with the different angles and with more grandstands and leaderboards and other things on the course where it's playing like what a regular layout would look on a PGA Tour event, unlike last year when it was the first event post-lockdown. But getting to my card this week, Colin Marikawa, 15-1. to it's, it's a short number. But I thought it was a relatively fair number. No one's irons are better than he has been. He's gained 44 strokes on approach over the last 24 rounds. That's over 12 shots better than anybody in this field with a lot of really good ball strikers. So four under 67 at the PGA got him a T8 last week. He was also eighth in that field for approach, third off the tee, fifth in tee to green. Redemption on his mind. He's got some unfinished business. Yes, he does. Because remember that was the first on the first event on the restart, and And I was on him too. Yeah, and he had a six foot (laughs) birdie on eighteen in regulation. Didn't make it, so it goes to him and Daniel Berger in the playoff. And then he went out to lip out a three footer for par, which was a painful loss for him. Now eventually he made that up, and you. He eventually made that up at the workday in the PGA Championship. But Colin Marikawa, fifteen to one, another guy who clicks every box stat wise. 
wise is Corey Connors, mm-hmm. 25 to one. That seems low for a guy that just doesn't win enough, but it's that low because he's got four top 10 finishes uh, very recently. T17 at the PGA where he probably should have got a better result considering he was the first round leader yeah. of that event with a five under on Thursday, but right at the top in terms of approach, right at the top in terms of total driving, in terms of how he is on those par fours that I mentioned. Greens and regulation gain number one in the field, even over Colin Marikawa. So Corey Connors, 25 to one. Then some middle price guys. I went heavy with some of the middle guys. And I like to go with guys, even though I went with two younger guys there, over 30s tend to do very well yes, here. Experience needed. Yeah, only two guys really going back, I think back to 04, have been in their 20s that have won. One was last year at Daniel Berger and then Jordan Spieth in 2016. Well, wasn't it about 20 years ago that the last debutante that won here was Sergio Garcia? Yes. First-timer Garcia, so no first-timers ever since then. It's kind of like Augusta National, and that you know, it's the only course on tour that's been played a Mm non-major this many times, Uh, and it it shares that with Augusta National, where you have to have a few laps around this track before you go on to win. Exactly right. Usually need about three starts or more to be able to do that. I think Adam Scott won with less, but he was number one in the world when he won back here in 2014. So a lot of 30-somethings here. Gary Woodland, 55 to one, coming around in four. Remember, he was on the first page of the leaderboard on Sunday, and then he doubled that par five, I believe, on the seventh hole, and his round just went completely sideways, ended up finishing T38, but he played better than his finish. He's actually only played here one time, but he was ninth here last year on debut, also a sixth last month in Texas at the Valero. Jason Kokrak, 55 to one. I'm getting these guys on a little bit of drifts that maybe were up there a little bit, but ended up finishing down the board because they had bad Sunday rounds. Rounds. Kokrak was third here last year at Colonial. Emiliano Grillo, 60 to 1. We'll see if he can make a putt because he surely can hit really good irons. He was third back here in 2018, second just a few weeks ago at the RBC Heritage, ninth in the field last week for approach on the PGA, even though he finished T38. Chris Kirk, I did not get a good number because that got hammered. I think that was around 100 to 1 in some places on the opener and got absolutely obliterated, but he really fit here this week. He was the 2015 winner, four top tens this year. Best golf he's played in about five years is Chris Kirk. And then two real quick, Brant Snedeker, 68 to one. Found something at the Valero a couple weeks ago where he got a sixth. Two top tens, four top 20s in his last five events. Was runner up here in 2015. And then the long shot at triple digits, Peter Uline, 130 to one. Two top 15s. One right here in Las Vegas. He did six weeks ago on the Corn Ferry Tour at the MGM Resorts Championship at Paiute. Also has a runner-up in the seventh on the KFT in the last three months. Guy that seems to like this course. So I thought 130 to one worth a stab. Yeah, absolutely. I think all of those make sense, and I'm actually on a couple of them. You mentioned Chris Kirk. I am on him as well. I talked about Abraham Answer. I did land on Answer, and we spoke with Paul Stone about correlated courses. I looked at Harbortown and also the Sony Open. Sony Open, I nailed uh, Kevin Na there earlier mm-hmm. this season, and a lot of what led me there was his win at Colonial. Mm-hmm. So I think those two courses cross over, and you, of course, recall, I believe you were on 
Chris Kirk at the Sony Open. Yes. What a tournament he had. Ended up finishing second to Kevin Na. So I used Kirk here, and boy, I tell you, Wes, I was surprised to see this number. I found 125 to 1. So jumped on that absolutely on Chris Kirk. That is long gone, and, and like you're saying, he's probably in the neighborhood of 60, maybe even some 50s out there, but uh, I couldn't believe I saw that number, so jumped on that. Did take Emiliano Grillo as well, and I was able to get 70 there. This guy's had great success at this tournament and just comes off of a really good finish at Harbortown, right? So another course where you have to work it in both directions. Smaller greens, both at Colonial and at Harbortown, where they hold the RBC Heritage, so Grillo made a lot of sense to me. I mentioned answer that I got at 22 to 1. Uh, Brian Harmon, another guy that Paul Stone brought up. I think this guy is great when you get to shorter courses. He's a uh, short game wizard is Brian Harmon, and he's been in fantastic form. Now, he missed the cut at the PGA by one shot, but that was a obviously the longest course in major championship history. That's a big track for a guy like Brian Harmon. I think the weekend off probably does him well, and he comes back and bounces back here well. And then I went uh, with uh, another guy that Matt Humans is on, really kind of becoming a Texas specialist, Wes, and that's Charlie Hoffman. I was able to get him at 55 to 1. Yeah, Charlie Hoffman has been playing very solid golf right out there on the approach stats this week. SG app, strokes gained approach, very important every week, but I think especially this week, Marikawa was the clear number one, then Zalatoris was second, and then right behind him was Charlie Hoffman gaining 31 strokes over his last 24 rounds on his irons. And then you also had a few head-to-head matchups. I was not able to get any uh, get to any just yet. I probably will add some of those before they tee off on Thursday, but I know you've got a few. Yeah, I do. I went ahead. Uh, uh, Marikawa, I think maybe exacts his revenge on Daniel Berger, so <laughs> I have the same matchup that Matt Newmans has in terms of a weird result for Berger last week too. Mm-hmm. You know, just barely made the cut with a good round, and then just really fell off the table. Yeah, and he was obviously very popular. And there's the graphic: uh, J.T. Poston over Mackenzie Hughes, another matchup play, and then kind of had to lay a big price. I did not go ahead and play this guy in a future. I've been playing him a lot lately, but the number just got cut to 25. I thought that was a little small, so. I just went with the matchup, Joaquin Neiman over Billy Horschel. Well, Joaquin Neiman was a guy that you and I were both high on in the PGA Championship, and he and he flirted with success, but, you know, he'd take two steps forward and one step back, could never really turn it on, like a number of guys did in the field in the PGA. Nobody really put that charge on Phil Mickelson, and he did not come back to the pack, but Joaquin Neiman, I think, makes a lot of sense. Uh, great iron player and should have success here this week at the Colonial. It's usually those types of players that fare well here in Fort Worth, Texas. That's going to do it for us. Next week, we go from Hogan's Alley to Jack's Place. It's the memorial at Mirfield Village in Dublin, Ohio, and Will Gray of NBC Sports will join us to help us break it down. Enjoy the Charles Schwab Challenge. Thank you for tuning in to Long Shots. Keep it here on VEASAN all week long, the Sports Betting Network.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 